This morning we begin a new sermon series for this month, for November. Uh, we are calling it Family Month here at Calvary Baptist Church. And all month long our focus is going to be on God's plan for the family. We're going to look at God's intention for our families. And that's going to be our focus for the entire month. Uh, the men's lunch, we started on Thursday and we talked about the man as the spiritual leader in the home. And we're going to look at that all month in our men's lunch. Uh, our Sunday morning messages are also going to be with this focus. Our Sunday evening events, we've scheduled some special events as well. And again, the focus is going to be on God's plan for the family. Now, let me say today, I believe this could be, and I am praying that it will be, the most important set of messages that I have ever preached. Friends, our nation needs a revival. Our nation needs a movement of God. You look around today at all the greed and the materialism, the self-promotion, all the corruption, all the garbage, all the just flat, pure evil in our nation today. Our nation truly needs a movement of God today. People need to find Jesus and people need to worship Jesus. We need to see a movement of God in our nation today. However, I believe that will only happen if we see a revival in the church today. We need a movement of God in the church today and the world needs the voice of and the witness of the church of the living God that will proclaim the truth of God's word, that will proclaim the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need a revival in the church today. Sometimes we go around and we bemoan the, the state of our nation. Well, I want to tell you, a lot of that, in fact, most of it comes from the fact that the church has gone silent today. And we need a powerful movement of God in the church today. Be sure, as a pastor, I long for that. I yearn for that. I pray and I preach for that. Oh, God, that you would move in our churches once again. We need a revival today in the church. However, here's my conclusion. We need a movement of God in our nation, and I believe it will happen when we see a, a revival break out in the church, but I believe this, it will begin, hear me, in our homes. We need a movement of God in the home today. Last couple of weeks on Sunday morning, we've been going through our study in the Gospel of Luke, and we've been talking about true disciples, disciples as, as Jesus has, has identified them and how he has defined them and he has set this high standard for discipleship. I'll be very honest with you today. When I hear his definition of a true disciple, true disciples are few today. There are few people who love Christ above all other things and that's what he says above all other relationship. That's what it is to be his disciple. The people that do that truly are few. I will tell you there are few people who will take up the cross and who will die to their self and die to their agenda and set down their priorities and then serve completely the will of God. There's only a few of those people. There are few people who will follow Christ and that's what he says, take up your cross and, and follow me. And I mean actually follow him. Let him set the course for your life. There's just a few people who are following Christ in that manner. There are a few people today who know 
and who believe and who stand on the word of God, not chasing every popular whim today. And when I look at all those facts, I want to tell you it is now evident in our nation. It is now hurting our churches. And the, the truth is, the reason there's not very many disciples, I believe, is because we haven't produced them in our homes. I think it comes down to that. Our message today is entitled, The Family Decided for God. The family decided for God. I'm going to ask if you would, if you would stand with me for a word of prayer as we start today. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today and we come into your presence. And I pray that we come with our eyes open, realizing, recognizing who you are that you're not a puppet that serves us, that you're not some creation that, that we, we get to define, but you're the creator of all things, the sustainer of all things, majestic, mighty, powerful, loving, forgiving, gracious, kind. And I, I pray that we wouldn't just come in today and just expect to hear some verses and a, and a token sermon leave unchanged, but I pray that today that God, my God, would powerfully speak to us today. I pray that you would open our ears. I pray that you would search our hearts and, and convict us of any unconfessed sin. I, I pray that right now we would, we would confess that sin and that we would be here today free from that sin because of the power of God, the forgiveness through Christ. I pray now as we begin this, this emphasis that it would truly be an impact, that it would truly make a difference that it would truly change our hearts and that, that there would be a revival in our nation because there's a revival in the church, but because there was a revival in our homes, let it start today. I come and I lay all this at your feet, knowing your plan, knowing your will, and knowing it from your word. I ask again that you would move, and I trust this to you, and I pray in the powerful name of Jesus, in his name I pray, amen. You may be seated. in our nation, this week is being called Decision Week. And if you watch anything at all, you know uh, there's a lot of talk this week. There's a lot of hype this week about the decision that's gonna be made in the voting booths this coming Tuesday. And I listen to that and pe people are saying, well, uh, early voting has been heavier than in, in many previous elections. And, and I think in our own county, it's, it's almost double and, and early voting has been huge. Uh, the polls are saying even this close to the election that it is a close race. It is a hotly contested race. Uh, I hear politicians on, on the TV saying that, that perhaps this could be the most important election in American history. And they're saying it all comes down to this decision week, this day of decision. Well, today very plainly, and it's not gonna be complicated, very plainly today, I want to call us to an even more important decision. I wanna call us to an even more imperative decision. I wanna call us to an even more, and I mean profoundly more consequential decision. And that decision is this, to what or to whom will your family be devoted? 
And that's our decision today. I'm calling you to decide today and I'm, I'm gonna call you to decide in this hour, on this day, to what or to whom will your family be devoted? You see, here's the problem and I've observed it, maybe you have as well. Here's the problem in 2016. As Christians, when it comes to our homes and when it comes to our families, we today have become undecided. If not, we have become wrongly decided as to where our focus will be, as to where our devotion will be. Problem is, we have, some of us, professed commitment to God, and yet our devotion, as it's evidenced in our home, is still in the world, is still to the world. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, let me ask you today, if you look at our lifestyle, look at how we're living. Now, don't go by our words. We've become pretty good at fraudulent living and fraudulent words. Don't look, listen to our words. But if you look at our lifestyles today, if you go by how we're living, could you answer the question, what is the goal and what is the purpose of our families? What's the goal of our family? What's the purpose of the institution of our family? Is it to produce properly, rightly educated kids that are gonna excel in thought and who are gonna be uh, people that would stand out in academia. Is that the goal of our family today? Because if it's not, we're sure spending a lot of time and effort pursuing it. Is it the goal today to produce kids that will excel, will be esteemed in the world of competitive sports and to, to play D1 somewhere someday and, and maybe to play in the major league somewhere. Is that the goal of the family today? Because if it's not, we're sure spending a lot of time and a lot of effort pursuing it. Is it the goal of the family to produce kids who are accepted and popular in the culture, the kids who have the right clothes, and who have the right shoes and who wear the right hairstyles, the ones that the kids and the parents alike esteem above other kids. Is that the goal of our families today? Because if it's not, we're sure spending a lot of time and a lot of effort pursuing it. Is it the goal for our families, for us as parents to look right, for us as parents to be accepted, for us as the parents to be hailed as a successful parent in the culture, is that the goal of the family today? Because if it's not, we're sure spending a lot of time and effort trying to look like it. And I could go on and on and on today, but it is clear today that the family is having a crisis as to where our devotion truly lies. We're having a crisis today deciding what really matters. And let me tell you, it is costing us. Let me give you your choice today. Our, our messages this month, there's four of them. Each of them are gonna be very simple. They're gonna be very straightforward and I'm gonna try to lay it plain and we're gonna go step by step. But let me, let me tell you your choice today and let me make it very plain for you. Listen to me. Your devotion is either to the world and the system of the world and the things of the world or it is to God. And here's what we're not saying today. Here's what's not being said today. And there is no middle ground. Do you hear that? Our, our devotion's either to the world and the things of the world and the system of the world or it is to God and there can't be an in-between. There is no middle ground. 
And so your decision today is to what or to whom will your family be devoted? Why do our homes look like the world's homes? Why are our homes producing the same fruit, the same result as the world's homes? Why aren't we producing disciples that that fill up our churches and serve in our churches that we would go out and show the light of Jesus Christ to a lost world? I'll tell you, I believe the reason it's because our homes either are undecided or are wrongly decided as to our purpose today. This week, I was reading in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and starting in verse 14, it says this, and it's talking to Christians. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read this. And do not be bound together with unbelievers, for what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Or what harmony has Christ with Belial? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Verse 17, therefore come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean, and I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Now those verses are spoken to the individual, but when you apply them to the home, it means this, our Christian homes are to be sanctified. Our Christian homes are to be set apart. Our Christian homes are to be consecrated as holy unto the Lord. Very simply, our homes are to be different from the world's homes. We have a different standard in the Christian home. We have a different prerogative in the Christian home. We have a different focus in the Christian home and it's because we have a different devotion in the Christian home. Recent studies tell us that today most kids are leaving a Christian home and when they're asked to be honest, when they're asked the goal of life, they believe it's to make money and to live a life in comfort and ease. Studies say most kids leaving a Christian home, about 65% of them are not sure that they can trust the Bible as the word of God and it's accurate and true. Studies say most kids leaving a Christian home believe that biblical Christianity is not relevant today. 53% say it's not relative today. 75% of kids leaving a Christian home will leave and quit participating in the church. Today, most kids leaving a Christian home see and they see it very practically that Christianity had no or had very little impact on their parents. It doesn't matter what they profess. They didn't see that their lives were changed. And so as they leave the home, they wonder, how is this ever gonna have any influence on me? And these are the kids coming out of so-called Christian homes. Friends, we're in a crisis today. Listen to me. We need a movement of God in our homes today. In the Old Testament, my favorite Old Testament books, the book of Joshua, in the Old Testament book of Joshua, at the end of the book, we find Joshua, and he's now this old leader. He's, the Bible says, 110 years old. 
and I can't imagine what he has observed with his eyes. I can't imagine the things that he has walked through, but he's now this 110-year-old leader, this obedient, faithful servant of God. And as we get to the end of the book of Joshua, we see that he calls the nation of Israel together and he calls them on a specific day. He calls them on this particular day to make a decision. Starting in the 23rd chapter and then the 24th chapter, he begins to remind them of who God is and what God has done. He begins to bring to mind God's dealings with them as a people. And starting there in the 23rd and 24th chapter, he talks about how God was faithful to Abraham and how God was faithful to Isaac. And then he reminds them of their, of their trip to Egypt. And he tells them of the deliverance that they had that, that came through Moses. And, and he reminds them of the plagues and the, the power that was shown to Pharaoh. And then he reminds them of the miraculous deliverance there at the Red Sea. He goes on and he tells them how God brought them to the promised land. He was faithful to that promise. And now that he's brought them to the promised land by his own hand, by his own power, he has now given it into their hands. And in those two chapters, if you read those two chapters, he declares the faithfulness of God. Listen to me, our God is faithful. In those chapters, he declares the power of God. Listen to me, our God is powerful. In those two chapters, he declares the grace of God acting as their salvation, acting on their behalf. Praise God that he is a God of grace. But even in that declaration, he knows that false gods are still all around. Even in that declaration, he knows that the, the things of the world and the culture of the world, the, the neighbors that are around them would try to allure them away. Even in that declaration, he knows that even knowing God, they are still tempted to compromise and to turn away from God. And so he calls them on this day to make a decision. Listen to his words. Joshua chapter 24, beginning of verse 14 says this. Now, therefore, our God is faithful. Our God is powerful. Our God is a God of grace. We've seen his hand through all these ages. And now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity in truth. He doesn't say make a halfway effort. He doesn't say put a token stamp on this. He says fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth and put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Verse 15, if it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served which are beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. And then this old faithful obedient leader of God says this, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Listen to me, we need a movement of God in our world today. We need a movement of God in our church today. We need a movement of God in our homes today. And it's gonna decide, it's gonna be decided with families who are committed to God on this day. Listen to me, the decision is this. Will you say with your mouth and will you commit with your life, as for me and my house, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Listen to me, nothing else is gonna matter. Nothing else matters. If you want God to move in your home, 
Commit it to him. If you want to see God move in the church, commit your home to him. If you want to see a change in our nation, it's not going to happen on Tuesday. It's going to happen in your house. Let the cry go forth. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Two thousand and sixteen. Sunday morning at Calvary Baptist Church, there's a decision to be made. To who or to what will your house be devoted? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come, I come. I tell you I am sorry. And we are sorry for the mess that we've made of our homes how we've allowed the world to, to change even the definition of our homes and we've let our sinful desires corrupt the, the, the movement and the focus of our homes and we've, we've become so polluted you couldn't tell us from the world's homes and you really can't. Forgive us for that. But I pray that on this day that we would, we would be confronted with a decision that it's, it's not good enough to, to speak against that. It's not good enough to push back against that. But we have to commit to the living God. Pray for dads that would lead it. Pray for moms that would, would submit and, and follow the plan of God in their home. I pray for kids that would be raised up as true disciples of Jesus Christ. Let there be a movement of God in our homes. Let there be a movement of God in my home. Come today and I, I'm thankful for your truth and for your word and I, and I pray that we've truly been convicted today and we've been challenged today and I pray that, that we'll stand in your character and your empowerment. We'll commit our homes to you. Tell you we love you. We praise you. We thank you. We submit to you. And I pray all of this in the powerful name of Jesus. In his name I pray. Amen.